0: We want to welcome everyone to our twelfth episode of Minority Report with Eric and Corell. Each episode, we're going to talk with real operators and digital media, and today we actually have Meg Runeri joining us. She is the VP of Business Operation at Teeds. Let's jump in and get to know Meg. Meg, how are you?
1: I'm doing great today. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Thanks for joining us. Absolutely, Meg. Tell us about what you're doing right now for work and, and tell us a little bit about your professional history.
1: Sure. Um, so I started my career in, uh, I, I played college soccer and I really wanted to get into sports. Uh, so I didn't have a path other than I knew I wanted to be around sports. So I um, was fortunate enough to get a job at a uh, website called goal.com, which is actually the world's largest soccer website. Little known fact, cool, goal.com. Nice. Um, cool. That company rebranded a couple times and, um, And we bought Sporting News in in the U.S. Uh, So I was quickly kind of thrown into a full digital media uh, world. (laughs) And I started in sales, which is very strange because I literally hate being in front of people. Uh, (laughs) But I quickly, you know, we got bought by a company out of the U.K. We didn't have operations support locally. So um, I kind of started to self-teach at operations, uh, you know, in order to support the business in the U.S. Uh, I fell in love with it. I'm organized. I'm, you know, very meticulous. And, and I really, you know, from that point felt like that was the career path I wanted to dive into, whether it was in sports or otherwise. So I've kind of taken that, that path of of the operations role, uh, expanding to business operations at TEEDS, which is, you know, some of the efficiencies across teams, et cetera. And just, again, continuing to drive process and, And hopefully make everyone's lives a little bit easier uh, while making myself a little crazy. You
0: know, that's how it goes. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Sports was the way into digital advertising and digital media. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Um, Tell us like about your background, like where'd you grow up and tell us a little bit about where you sort of spent time with your families and a little bit about the culture at home.
1: Yeah, of course. I grew up in a very small town called Oswego, New York. It's about forty-five minutes north of Syracuse on Lake Ontario. Uh, Podunk town, little little town. My parents are both public school teachers. I actually had them both my freshman year of high school for social studies and English. So that was a quite the experience.
2: Um, (laughs) Did you get good grades?
1: I did okay, (laughs) not as well as I would have liked, but I did all right. but that was, a, that was a really empowering experience to have, you know, public educators uh, as your kind of North Star growing up. Um, I went to school in Washington, D.C. at American University, where I played soccer and, and you know, really was into the athletic piece of, of the world and, and didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, lived in D.C. for a few years after, moved to Boston, and then ultimately, you know, settled here in New York. And I've been here for seven years, maybe eight. Um, loving it, living—you know—moved from the Upper East Side into Brooklyn for a little bit more of a, of a, you know, space and life uh, with my two and a half-year-old and, and my wife, and uh, you know, we're we're excited to see what the future li- what the future holds in New York
0: uh, for us. That's cool. That's cool. What um, what do, what do you love about the space today?
1: The space today, well, it changes literally every day. I wake up <laughs> and I read something new. Um, so you are constantly pivoting and on your toes, which I find to be incredibly uh, fun and energizing. Um, I think that it will continue to do so, especially as, as some of the the big players consolidate and you know the privacy conversation continues to be a hot topic. There's a lot coming down the pipe that's going to make our business and our industry completely flip on its head again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I'm, I, you know, again, I wake up every day and the first thing I do is kind of see what's going on uh, with with the trades and and Ad Week and Ad Age and all those kind of publications to see what everyone's doing. Um, very interested to see what with what our friends at, at Google do with uh, with privacy um, and Chrome. So lots going on, and and we have to keep on our toes. in, in roles like ours,
2: yeah. So I, I think um, I think we the first time we met was 2012, 2013 at a at a Ad Admonsters mm-hmm. actually we were both on, on a, panel a panel with yep. Lotomy. Yes, yeah, sir. yeah, DMPs. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, we've both obviously have been in the space for, for some time now, uh, different positions, different roles. What what are you most proud of in terms of your career accomplishments in the space?
1: Great question. It was wonderful to, to kind of go down memory lane. We also yeah. went to a Beyonce and Jay-Z concert together. I don't That's know if you remember right. that. Oh, yes. uh, it was yeah. In a box.
2: Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, PubMedic, Yeah, yes. yeah. It was, that
1: wow, was pretty yes. sick. Wow, yeah, yeah
2: that. That was definitely, that was my last year at Advanced Digital on the publisher side and (laughs) a great way to go out. It
1: was. (laughs) It was a nice concert. Um, That's when Corona met too. The thing I'm most most proud of um, definitely uh, is not really my job, but Mm. something that we kind of started at Teeds last summer was... Uh, what we call, what we've branded, and and you've been to one of our events. Kyle, yeah, is, yeah. is what we've branded Mix, which is the media inclusion experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's essentially a com- uh, committee or volunteer led uh, program where our employees can kind of come to the table and start to move the needle on important topics mm-hmm. within our business, and then ultimately the bigger goal being, you know, having conversations like this, and, right, and like right. you guys are trying to drive outside in the market mm-hmm, um, as a mm-hmm. whole. Some of the things we've done quickly was, you know, I'd say probably my finest professional accomplishment was we increased uh, family leave policy by 33% this year, which is massive. Uh, We also, I mean, we had some archaic language within our policy prior using Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. maternity and paternity. Uh, we obviously moved that to primary and secondary and really tried to even playing fields. So yeah, I, uh, um, it's it's a hobby, but it's a passion point. Um, I know, I think it is for everyone in this room. Right, and, right. Um, It's it's something that is equally as important as, as my day-to-day. So I, I spend just as much, probably more mental en- energy on that part of my job than I do um, wow. on the operation side.
2: And how is um, what you're doing uh, at work around diversity and inclusion, how is that... Um, sort of help with the, I guess, overall company culture um, and also retention in the organization? Has there been an impact there?
1: For sure. I mean, yeah. I think that people were dying for an outlet. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of conversations that were happening, but they were happening in vacuums. Mm-hmm. And we weren't able to move the needle uh, in little pockets. Right. When we kind of said, hey, why don't we all just sit at the same table and mm-hmm. have this conversation in a wider forum? All of a sudden, people are dialed in. They're very yeah. interested um, one of my favorite things to note is that you know we had 64% of the staff join straight away. Wow. And then the at the second meetings we had 85% because people went and told their friends wow. that this is yeah. really productive and mm-hmm. feel good about how how this is working. Um, so we're in, we're in a very infinite stages. We have a long yeah. way to go. Yeah. I yeah. think everyone is trying to figure out what this means, uh-huh. but we're super excited because the momentum's there. The buy-in from our leadership team is there, and, mm-hmm. and and we're we're being empowered to to kind of see what's out there and see what we can bring to the table.
2: Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Uh, in terms of diversity and inclusion in our industry as all, as a whole, um, what do you think the state is today? And and what do you think there? Are, what are some of the things that we can do, I guess, as an industry to help improve and keep moving forward?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that we are having these conversations, which is a big step. Mm -hmm, And I think mm -hmm. it's really over the past two years, I've started to see this topic, you know, lead panels and, and really be the main stage of events. And, and obviously you guys are, are, you know, have a podcast living around this topic and companies are, are leaning in. So I think that's the first step, of Mm -hmm, course, mm -hmm. um, almost admitting there's, there's a challenge. And (laughs) and I think that we're collectively doing that. Uh Um, I think we have a long way to go. Um, and I think some of some of that is we have to start at, at the grassroots mm-hmm. type movement. Um, I don't think where I don't think there's an education path to digital media necessarily mm-hmm. at like the collegiate level right now. Um, it's very difficult to get a degree and then in in our industry and come in and and be powerful. Right. Um, and I think that gives what a great
0: point. Yeah, I think yeah. that mm-hmm. gives a
1: disadvantage to. Um, minorities, yeah. uh, and I think that that is something that you know in our world we could improve if we had programs where you know anyone from any background in any town can come in, right. and get an education first. Right. Um, I think that unfortunately, New York City advertising there's still that Mad Men uh, you know undertone mm-hmm, where it's mm-hmm. white men that are kind of able to to come to the top, and I think that could be greatly improved if we focused kind of. You know, at the lower levels.
2: Gotcha. Gotcha. So, for anyone listening that wants to start a diversity and inclusion group at their organization or start to push forward on that topic, what do you recommend? How did you guys get started at Teeds?
1: The first thing I would say is, and you know, you'll hear me say this a lot if you ever hear me in other settings, is, is to listen um, mm-hmm. and listen to the people around you because. If when people have a pat or a, a forum to speak about this topic, they mm-hmm. will mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of my first set of of rules was let me listen to what people are talking about, yeah, and if I start to see a theme here, then let's see what we can do with that mm-hmm. um, and then you know, in terms of how to execute it, I think making sure that it's truly uh employee led uh you know Solution initiative, yeah, initiative, yeah. yeah. Right, I think right, that right. is really important mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. if you have five people at the top saying this is what we think is important, right. it's not necessarily going to resonate, right. So what we did essentially is we created uh, four committees with different objectives. Mm-hmm. You know, one being kind of fundamentals and policy, which is a committee that would attack things like family leave and gotcha. um, general code of conduct and mm-hmm. how to behave in the workplace. All the way to things like community outreach, which is based on, you know, volunteerism and, and raising money and, and how we can engage and, with our community yeah. as, as a business, but right. as individuals to, to kind of move the needle in our local communities. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, you know, I, we're in our beginning stages of this, yeah, yeah, but I think yeah. that there is a blueprint and I think the blueprint is get your employees involved, listen to them mm-hmm. and let them lead the way.
2: Awesome. Awesome. With that, though, so one last question, and and then I'll let Eric jump in. Um, Employees leading the way, totally agree, but you also need, I think, at least the executives to to buy in and say, yes, we support you. Go and sort of help approve any resources, financial or human or otherwise, that you need, right? Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And this was something that I kind of hoped that in the beginning, uh-huh. if we had gotten enough people to come to the table, mm-hmm. that that alone would start to show that this is important. Yeah, And right. at the end of the day, any good leader is going to recognize that if the masses are, are screaming something from the rooftop, right. that this is going to move the needle. Right. So I think the initial turnout... Um, was a huge step mm-hmm. in the right direction as i is you had attended our event yep. we had an event an that awesome was very event well too. attended yes yeah um, a lot and, of
2: energy in the room yeah, Love the event exactly yeah, yeah.
1: yeah so i think that that from a business standpoint
2: mm-hmm.
1: rang a bell with our executive leaders that said you know okay this conversation is important people are showing up to have it this is uh moving the needle for us as a business but also you know, is the right thing to do. Right and, right. and so we were able to convey that pretty quickly, mm-hmm. um, which has led us to them to kind of say, go. Go, yeah. Just yeah. go.
0: Yeah. I love it. Um, you know, your, your passion is easy to feel. And I have two questions really, sort of wrapped up in one. And, you know, did you have any mentors or anyone that sort of has inspired you um, from a yeah. professional perspective? And I'd love to hear about your family. Often, you know, a lot of our, our guests, you know, talk about, you know, family inspiration. Tell us a little bit about your family and maybe some mentors that, uh, you've, you've maybe feel like you've had.
1: Yeah, of course. So I would say, I mean, going with family first, uh, my mom is like one of the most progressive Mm. people that I've ever met. And, and she didn't have to be because we, again, we grew up in a small town. Um, but she really leaned in and, and ultimately, you know, I had a Difficult early twenties because I was trying to come out of the closet, Mm -hmm. and she was there every step of the way and really kind of pushing for that. And Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, she—if anyone knows how to listen and be compassionate and Mm empathetic—it's her. And I and I think that she's taught me to do that as well, and and essentially apply that in my day to day. Um, The second is my wife. Um, She spends her dedicates her life to to public service. Um, She. Works at Planned Parenthood and raises money for for the national branch. Um, She's been there for nearly six years, and it's pretty inspiring to come home to somebody every day that's doing good work. Uh, You know, I'm pushing digital media ads, and she's (laughs) off there uh, raising money for for women, but uh, you know, love it to to each their own. (laughs) Um, And then, uh, you know, so I think both of them are a huge inspiration, and I think, you know, ultimately what drives me to have the passion to do this. Side project. Um, And then mentors. um, Actually, I'm going to give a plug to She Runs It because Mm. I recently joined their mentor program, both from a mentor and a mentee perspective. Um, My mentee is actually Carell's coworker who uh, works with you. me- Megan. Oh, really? Megan okay. yeah, Wow, yeah. okay. Um, I, didn't, I figured you can cut it out for me too. Um, no, and, then, <laughs> and then my mentor is Amy Wilkins, who's the CRO of Smithsonian Media. She's an absolute boss. Mm. The minute I walked in, in the room, I felt this presence that I had never gotten before. The thing about my road to where I've gotten is that I've very rarely been around female executives. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never had a female boss. Mm. I've never met another female. That's not true. I've never (laughs) really engaged with a female in specifically operations that's of that level. Um, So that's been challenging, but, but Amy Wilkins kind of came to the table and really completely flipped my entire Mind on its head, and just said like you need to start looking at things in a different perspective, et cetera. And yeah. and I think you know places like she runs it does a great job of of making sure that there's opportunities outside of of just a business sponsor, which is mm. someone you work with, and and having you know a true mentor that that makes sense for for your path.
0: That's awesome. You know, in our work, often we work long hours, odd hours, sort of always on. How do you manage that time with your wife and with your family? You know, how do you manage all that?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, we're I, all
0: ears because we're also trying yeah, to figure trying it to out. Yeah,
1: trying to do too. that, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, I mean, discipline honestly is, is yeah. the number one answer. There, there was a long time where I really felt like I needed to be on all the time, mm. um, which. It's just not healthy. Obviously, we know right. we all know that. Um, as my daughter began to grow up a little bit and start to mm-hmm. be able to talk and notice when I'm around and not around, it was it was really important to me for mm. her to know that her and myself and my wife were a 50-50 partnership and, and that we're both gonna be there hopefully in the morning and in the evening. Right, so right, she right. Can see us. Um, you know, I kind of had an epiphany, my wife makes fun of me for saying this, but I kind of had a, an epiphany last Like July fourth week because I was at the beach and I'm like this is great I'm not checking my phone why like everything's gonna be fine
2: yeah and it'll be there when you get back
1: exactly Um, so since then (laughs) I've done little things like don't (laughs) don't check the phone after a certain hour don't check the phone first thing when you wake up Mm, Um, I'm still trying to get that you know (laughs) count I count my work hours in a week and make sure I don't exceed. Fifty, which is still a lot, but right. it's a lot better than where I was. Yeah, um, little things that just take, again, discipline. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I've really kind of bought into my own method, which yeah. has been substantially better lifestyle since since I've done that.
2: So let me let me ask you a question about um, you saying that you felt like you always sort of needed to be on. Um, did you have that feeling because of just? you know the workload or did you have that feeling because you're a woman and you felt like you had to prove yourself more uh just because of like you know being part of an underrepresented group
1: yeah i mean i think probably the undertone is okay. that i was i was feeling like i needed to prove myself because mm. i am you know out of the the stereotypical scope for this type of role mm. and the level that i was at at the age i was at yeah um I'm also, to be fair, completely type A, like over the top. So there is an element that is my own doing. Um, but certainly there, there is a, uh, yeah, I would say yes. <laughs> I was definitely feeling like I need to prove myself. I need them, everyone to know that they can count on me at all times, mm. you know, regardless of how realistic that actually that
0: helps, was. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting, you know, there's a lot of folks who who sort of talk about like, what excites them for the future, but, you know, tell us about what excites you about, you know, sort of the, the future of work and then also all the things that you just described that are part work and then part life as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, again, and I don't mean to be repetitive, but these conversations, I think, are mm-hmm. are what excites me most. I mean, again, it doesn't really revolve around my day-to-day work but the kind of the bigger picture and how where we are driving progress together um, i think that advertising has a unique spin on the world and and what we how we view things because it does drive messaging yeah. and i think purpose-driven marketing is now basically if you're not doing it you're behind and your your brand is probably shitting the bed you know yeah. so i think that for me as I was always wondering, you know, my wife is doing this great work. What is my actual purpose mm. in my day-to-day? I think that as brands really buy into that model, you know, there is a avenue where we're pushing out messaging that is is really benefiting the, you know, progressive nature of, of where we need to go as a right. business to, to grow and to, you know, be successful and happy. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So, what what advice would you have for anyone entering into our space?
1: Oof. Um, great question. Again, listen. Yeah. First and foremost, mm-hmm. and that's in your in everything you do. I think if you are the one speaking all the time, you're screwed. Yeah. Um, right. So that's one. Two. Get out. Um, I think that in specifically an operations role, there mm-hmm. was a long time where I was, you know, very closed off from. What was outside of my own business? Yeah, um, it's just not in my nature to kind of be out and and social and networking. Mm-hmm. But there are so many brilliant minds in our business that you need to get out and meet those people, right? Um, have those conversations and and learn from other people, um, yeah. especially if you know your own company lacks diversity. I mm-hmm. think getting out and having conversations with people that are diverse. If you're not experiencing that in your day to day, you're right. you're you're not gonna be the best person you can be yeah. having that conversation.
2: I mean, this this room, this podcast is a great example, right? None of us have really actually done business together, but yeah. we all know each other because we've been out in the, exactly. the yep. marketplace exactly. at different events yep. and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right, so little fun question. Yes. Um, give me three apps on your phone that you use outside of your calendar and email.
1: Okay, <laughs> in order of importance. Number sure. one, yeah. ESPN. Right. Hands down, I'm a major sports person. Okay. Right. Every, every sport, you name it, huge. Right. Number two would be Spotify, just because. I mean, music is music. Everyone wants to hear and, it.
2: And this podcast, and is, this on podcast Spotify. is on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> Spotify. Nice plug. Yeah.
1: Marketing. There, yeah, you there you go. <laughs> um, and three. This is kind of random, but it's an app called Brightroll, which is the app that my daughter's school uses to update her doings in the day. Oh wow! So it's like pictures cool. and she went potty or whatever yeah. is going on, we get the scoops. So I get little notifications. So I'm on there, nice. you know, every couple hours just to see what she's doing. So.
0: <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, that's great. Well, well, Meg, thanks for spending some time with us. And, um, often the conversation continues. Where can our listeners find you and ask you questions or keep the, the, the conversation going?
1: Uh, I encourage everyone to check out mix, uh, which you can find on the Teeds website. Um, I think that we have uh, some a lot of work to do, but we're we're dedicated and we're gonna move forward. And uh, we hope to to make some splashes and some announcements on on some things we're gonna commit to um, in the coming months uh, that you know hopefully hold ourselves and and maybe some of our industry friends accountable. Mm.
0: Excellent. Well, thanks everyone for listening. and you can find us in a lot of different places, actually. Please find us on Twitter soundcloud facebook itunes spotify you can find us at minority report podcast thanks everyone